Freedom. 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 episode 71 and we here son oh shit i just took your rhyme taking my rhyme oh, i was man. gonna say episode 71 my cleveland cavaliers they're not done they're not done well i mean they wouldn't have been done if they lost or won right they still keep the rhyming still if they lost or won yeah i'm gonna go off the rhyme the rhyme tip mm-hmm. by the way it's your boy padre it's your boy pod nam uh, I'm, I'm going to say, well, it's technically the case that they would not be done officially. They'd play more games for all intents and purposes. Sure, sure. They're not going to come back from down 0-2 mm-hmm. uh, with the, uh, you know, with the firepower they have remaining. Given the, uh, the two major injuries to two of the top three players on the team. Yes. And on Yes, on the team. I don't know if I didn't feel I needed to add that in. <laughs> I'm talking about two of their best players that of all time. I don't know what you mean. Not currently on the roster. I mean, it could, you be, could be talking about Larry Nance, uh, maybe a little uh, Mark Price action, mm-hmm. Hot Rod Williams. I don't know. Uh, I saw, speaking of Mark Price, I saw this thing on Twitter. Someone tweeted Mark Price that they have a, apparently back in the 90s, in the early 90s, there was a Mark Price candy bar, yep. or like a sports protein bar or something. Okay. Some fan had this in their freezer for 18 years, mm. and they told Mark Price on Twitter that if the Cavs win the championship this year, they will eat it. And Price said that uh, the Cavs should win, and uh, don't worry, because those things were built to last. So, Oof. Hopefully, from my perspective as a Cavs fan... Hopefully this guy will be eating that 18-year-old uh, candy bar or whatever. It is. I, I don't know how to uh, respond to that. Just Price so, bar. I mean, people do this what, for their wedding cake, right? When they get married, every year they, they freeze have a, it. They freeze it some or something. I don't know. Yeah, so I guess it's possible. but Yeah, it seems a little questionable. But why would you want to do it, though? Because you're so happy about Cleveland finally getting that championship. And then you'd rather get food poisoning or sick afterwards, right? It's worth it. All right. Well, uh, so... So if anyone has an extra uh, Mark Price bar lying around, they want to mail it in to Brooklyn Rebound headquarters, Mm -hmm. perhaps I'll do the same. So, of course, we're here to talk about the biggest win of... Of the of Of the entire year, where American Pharaoh finally won the Triple Crown. Well, there was a lot of history made this weekend. I mean, it was the first... Triple Crown winner in by well, we should say I guess it's Monday right now Monday June eighth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this weekend we saw history with American Pharaoh uh, winning the Triple Crown first horse to do so in thirty seven years. Do you think prior horse, to either of our lifetimes, Padnam? Do you think this horse will now get a TV contract uh, to be announcing on ESPN? Uh, yes, I think that maybe I mean maybe Fox Sports pays up the big money and tries to steal mm-hmm. it from ESPN, but. It'll be someone. American Pharaoh will be somewhere commentating, but also getting back to what I was saying about a historic weekend and taking it back to basketball. Oh, my Cavs. right. It also, history was made in that it was the first Cleveland Cavs uh, finals victory of all time. Get the F out of here. Not even 37 years of, of history. They've never won a finals game. 
Nope, they're one for. They're currently one for six. And it took them two overtimes for it to happen. Uh, game one and game two. Yeah, with just one overtime and the actual victory. Yeah, but but yeah. it's true. Both games went to overtime. Now I, I will say I'm glad that we're doing this pod uh, on the Monday, and we didn't we didn't squeeze one in on last Friday. Because I was in quite a different mood back then than I am this morning. Yeah, yeah something a little changed uh, a little bit in your in your uh, demeanor. Uh, you went from I think you went through a couple of stages of emotions. You were a very uh, uh, so excited, so excited, um, so excited, so scared, Jesse, Jesse. Oh, that's right. Uh, and then then you went to. Uh, so depressed and you know there's things that there's moments where I wanted to text you but I think in the moment of it I, I also wanted to make sure that you just had this mo- you were with Cleveland fans right all as right. well the a first couple, game game one of, uh, my friends came in town uh, we watched both games together yeah. actually so uh, yeah and that was the split but what were you saying you're going to text me what during uh, the game or after I didn't know well right when Kyrie went down from game one I was uh I was going to, uh, and we were we saw each other the next day, but we really didn't talk about it as much. Um, I, I mentioned that you know Kyrie would be a weakness, and I was wrong. I was wrong. I was going to text you. I was wrong, Drew. Now, now Kyrie would be a weakness. What in what way? Well, I mean, when defensively, was, offensively, everything, everything. Like I thought he wouldn't be as ready for this, and he was ready. And did you say you thought that because of his? Uh, pre-existing injuries or just because of him in general? It's- in, in, both. Both. It was a combination of a lot of factors. And I want, I was going to say, do a formal apology either through Twitter or text, but I didn't get a chance to, so I wanted to apologize to you now. Because he did have a good game. He did have a good game. And also, I want to apologize to you for him not being able to play for yes. the next You think it's your fault, I do. I do. I do take a lot of credit for this one. I take a lot of blame for this just because... I. When I listened back to our podcast, and just for editing purposes, as I usually do, um, and I heard why my logic was picking the Warriors, I actually, I think I confused myself, which happens a lot of times, if you guys know. Hmm. Uh, I've, never, I've never seen you get confused before. And uh, speak and say I think I was using the history of Cleveland, but with the history of the Warriors, and it was switched in some way, so... What I realized, I was going for the underdog, but I wasn't going for the underdog. The true underdog now and forevermore, especially after Kyrie, is these Cleveland Cavaliers, even though they have their best plan okay. on, on the world. So I, I, I admit I didn't listen back to our last pod. I don't remember, I don't recall you picking the words specifically because they're the underdog. Though. I said they were going to shock the world. You said they were going to shock the world. Mm-hmm. What, you picked them in what, seven games it was, right? I picked them in seven games. Which still, obviously, on the table. It's still on the table. Um, I, did, I did say the series would be long. Anything's on the table, actually, other than a sweep on either end. But. Right, right. But mainly, I want I to just address this right now before we just go into a couple more recaps. Cleveland deserves this title. I will say that right now. But when Kyrie was still potentially going to play, you, you said they didn't. Or I never said, said they didn't deserve the title. You're confused and you should have taken them all along. Right. Right, I'm coming out of my uh, my shell because uh, I went a lot of flip flopping. I did a lot of Charles Barkley, um, and now I realize I was wrong. And LeBron James willed his way with Apple sponsored iPhone iPhone watches um, <laughs> and <laughs> figured out a way to motivate his teammates to win. 
And if that doesn't do the job, I don't know what will. I don't know. I don't. All right, Padnam. Well, I know it's it's June, it's summer, but I'm going to need you to permanently remove these flip flops mm. for the rest of the finals. Okay. And yeah. go for Cavs the whole time. All right. Let's be on the same page. We want to see. Now, if you're a Warriors fan out there listening, or a LeBron hater, or whatever, you're rooting against the Cavs, fine, it's your prerogative, but on this podcast, for the next couple weeks, we're rooting for Cleveland, we want to see them get it done. But as I will say, I will always play devil's advocate for the Warriors, because there has to be a talking point for these these rare Warrior fans, we don't see them that, that often, right? No, they didn't show up at your at the bar you went to on Thursday night or in anything. In fact, they did. Oh, so geez. I can get into that. But but first, uh, does the devil know you're you're stepping in to be his advocate here? Does he want you on on his team? Um, I did. I did. I didn't speak with him directly. I did speak with because um, you have the connection with Manny Pacquiao. I used your mm-hmm. phone. Uh, he told me uh, I, I spoke with him briefly because he's not doing anything right. He's just watching basketball right now. If anything, hey, who, who among us isn't? Yeah, and uh, I asked him to speak with Jesus, who has a connection to mm. the devil, and ask him if they need a point of view for the Warriors because you know San Fran uh, and Bay Area. It's pretty uh, it looked pretty grim in San Andreas that movie, and so I don't know if that's some correlation of hell. In, in the Bay Area there, so uh, yeah, he said to make sure that that happens. Manny Pacquiao told me, so that's why I'm doing it. Okay, so do it. Oh, uh, well, we have to get into the games, anyways. Okay. So game one uh, score was something to something. One lost by two, right? Uh, the Cavaliers did. They oh, no, lost no, by game eight. one. They, they lost, lost by eight. No, it went to overtime. They didn't score until they, the Cavs scored two points only the whole overtime. Yeah, I think the Warriors scored ten, so it was an eight, yeah, eight point. Victory. Why? Why was that? I mean, obviously we know why that's frustrating, but why do you think that happened to the Cavs on Thursday? Night? I mean, they needed to win that one in regulation. As soon as it went to overtime, I was there at the bar, and uh, I just I was just like, I know they're gonna they'll blow this. They had all the momentum most of the game. Really, I mean, honestly, I think it should be Cavs up 2-0 right now. Oh, I think a lot of uh, people are saying that, are thinking that. But um, they blew a, a big game from Kyrie Irving. James had a pretty good game as well, although he, he really blew it with his final shot in regulation. All, both games have gone over time. He's missed both final shots. But in game one especially, really wish he would have deferred back to Kyrie or Kyrie had just never given up to him. And, like, I would have liked to see Kyrie... Take that last shot. Who knows? Like butterfly effect. Maybe he doesn't get hurt after that because Kyrie did get hurt in overtime. Then yeah, and it was just all a bad scene. But I just had a bad feeling all along. Obviously, you need to come out. Even I didn't think they'd do as bad as they did in that overtime. But uh, you you can't score two points in a five minute period. I mean, you're not, and you're on. You know, you're um, you're on the road. It's just not a recipe for success. I honestly thought they might blow it. Yesterday too. So whose fault is this? Luckily they didn't. Whose fault is this uh, on game one? Is it the fact that um, you know the fluke injury happened to Kyrie? They didn't have and they didn't have enough firepower towards the end to finish the momentum of the game, or is it the fact that David Blatt is maybe not as good as an offensive coach to come up with plays other than LeBron run ISO and let him go to work? I mean, he is he is the best player in the planet. And I don't think it's. I don't know how much you can blame David Blatt because I would like to say, yeah, you should come up with a good scheme out of overtime offensively, but just offense in general. LeBron is basically the offensive coach of, of the team. Like yeah. he's going to do. He's, he's a quarterback. Do. 
Vlad's not running his Princeton. Is that offense. is that your quarterback? I just wonder. That's my quarterback. That's your quarterback. Right? Uh, yeah. So I mean, I I I think Vlad's doing a good job in this playoffs. Honestly, he's come up with good defensive schemes in every series, mm-hmm. including what they came up with yesterday to get the victory. Uh, I know you were still talking game one here, but I just can't. Bl- I can only blame him to a certain extent when I think his hands are really tied. Like he offensively can't coach that much, so. So one thing, just in retrospect, because we're going to game two right after this, um, what would you change game one, uh, if anything, not before going into game two, like after feeling that loss, what would you change either personally as a tradition and on your end, uh, or what would you change if you were part of the casual organization? What do you think you would run differently? What would you put in differently? We're saying after game one, not, not something that no, I would have done no, differently no. in game one. Right, right. What you would have done differently in game one after the fact of game one. After the fact. Yeah. So yeah. Not, no, I can't say. I, I would just go back and have Kyrie shoot instead of LeBron. Like, no, it's after the game. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, what they ended up doing in game two, uh, uh, at least, in t- well, personally, you know, Personal things I did, I went to a different bar. That changes up a little bit. Okay, watched it actually in Brooklyn this time. You stayed. Two. You stayed where the rebound is at in, in the borough. Yeah. Now we're now now not to be confused with where Brooklyn Rebounds main headquarters are. Yeah, which everyone knows. Everyone Manhattan. knows. Yeah, obviously. So not to be confused with well, Brooklyn Rebounds. Studio B. Brooklyn Studio B is in Brooklyn. Studio. We're in we're in Studio A currently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so and uh, I watched uh, Game One in Manhattan as well. So that's what I did differently. Um, you know, I wore a different shirt. Uh, game one, I wore my Kyrie number two monster gold and wine. So you're still wearing the Kyrie shirt into game into game. No, no, I'm saying game two. Game. I okay. then switched to a, my more generic red, just Cavaliers Cavs logo shirt. Mm. Um, that seemed to get the trick done. But in terms of what you should do differently. Uh, as the Cavs or coaching on the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in retrospect, I mean, I'm not going to change much considering they won the game. So right. I do like what they did. Uh, basically, they made the Warriors, they dragged the Warriors down to their level playing Eastern Conference style basketball. Ground and pound there. Exactly. Yeah. Heavy defense, ugly shooting, you know, ugly offense. And that's what, that's the t- style of play the Cavs are going to need to now beat the Warriors or beat almost anyone with you know, just LeBron as the main guy, and then essentially all all role players in back. Yeah. I compare these game one and game two. Um, recap game two in a second. More of uh, game one being an NBA two K game, and then game two being like an NBA live game that no one wants to buy, and it was just kind of ugly and just choppy. But it still got the job done. The game still finished. It froze a couple times, but the game still finished. Um, so I mean, did, no, no. From your perspective, did you really enjoy these both these games? I enjoy them emphatically. I um, so it is. It's uh, even though it's hard to watch, uh, and some of the offensive play, especially in game two, it's bad. I enjoyed. The, I enjoyed game. watching the defense of the Cavs just put the hammer down as they've done when they let up the Bulls. You know, the last conference finals blow up with one hundred twenty something points, right? Um, then they put the hammer down, and the, the main thing is uh, Delhi. Trey Deli, Trey Deli. Oh my God, that guy is uh, basically. I've been seeing the stat. That I, he, I don't. I can't describe it. That he when he was on uh, Curry, Curry scored zero points the whole game. I do want to slightly dispute that because there was one big play where Curry went around Deli and, and you know yeah he got it. That's made it look bad and yeah. put it, put it up uh, the lab. But 
Other than that, yeah. Any, oh, that, you mean any, that crossover? That fancy crossover? Yeah, right yeah, yeah. Any jump shooting, though, for the game, obviously Curry was bad the whole game, but especially yeah. with Deli he didn't score anything, really. Uh, any jumpers, and that's huge. I mean, the Cavs had to win that because game two, because if you're going to squander that um, poor of a performance from Curry, you, you deserve to lose the series. Uh, luckily, they didn't almost. I mean, it took... Ended up going to overtime a little unnecessarily. Final score of that game was 95-93. You know, Curry's not going to play that bad again. Right. And, uh, I mean, I hope he does. We saw. We talked about Delhi. We talked about Curry's... Uh, well, we didn't talk that much about Delhi just now. I mean, I mean, I mean we're going into it right now. But, yeah, right. But yeah he, he was the second best player of the game. I mean, the one thing I would say about Delhi, Delhi did so many little things. And Jeff Van Gunn even pointed this out uh, several times. The game-saving rebounds he did, like, that weren't even, like, accounted for. It just looked like that Cleveland well, just... Well, the last... I mean, the, his last major play of the game was basically the game-clinching play where he went up for that rebound off, I think, it was a smallest guy. Yeah. Yeah. Grabbed it, got fouled, yeah. got took two free contact, down, made down by free one. throws yeah. to, to be up by one. Yeah. Yeah. That was the last point scored in the game. Well, not even that. Times won in overtime when the ball was... was what, with that much pressure, you could tell what the players, they don't know, they're just so excited, they're just so anxious, everyone's like slipping with the ball, and the ball's just going back and yeah, forth. Sloppy. Yeah, back and forth and everything, and then you saw Delhi just dive, literally just dive out of bounds, throw the ball, like it was nothing, and he gets up and just starts walking like it's completely nothing. You did see a moment where Delhi was really tired from playing all this defense um, in the first half. And he was just winning. He couldn't even run an offensive set at all. So LeBron, they figured out LeBron has to run every single play, basically, on offense. And they're running the same defense. The Warriors were running the same defense, covering, putting their hands up, face-guarding LeBron wherever the ball was going. Why weren't the Cavs running enough, or were they waiting for LeBron to execute something into the lane and then be open from a double team? Like, I, the one reason I saw from game one, they saw Sean Livingston, there's a picture of Sean Livingston, Iguodala, Barnes, two other players, either Steph and Clay, just putting hands straight up and boxing out their, uh, their defending opponents on the three-point line, technically, and therefore LeBron can't even throw a pass to them as he's driving to the lane. So they're just playing the passing lane the whole time. It, what we did see is a shift in game one and game two where as that was happening, when LeBron made a cut, the whole team made a sudden move, like almost together, almost like double-stealing bases, which shift over like to the corner, shift over to a little bit to the left. The Cavs one. Cavs one, yeah. yeah, and then get open uh, for a quick three by James Jones. Yeah, I was going to say you saw James Jones Chump play that once or twice. Yeah, J.R. Smith. So that's another good kind of change they made. So whether that's LeBron or whoever... It's Tyron Luke, come on, let's, or James Posey. Uh, we know. Uh, or Roger Bell came out of nowhere. Now, Damon oh, Jones. <laughs> Damon Jones. Um, everything being said, J.R. Smith did his hardest job to try to lose the game for you guys with some bad fouls. Not, so, yeah, so, and, and from the Cavs, J.R. was bad in both games pretty much. Mm-hmm. Except for a couple early shots, game one. Uh, yeah, boneheaded foul calls. Luckily, uh, and in, also in overtime in game one, he was really bad. I wanted to see a shunt play over him, to be honest. And he got in because he got fouled out. Uh, right? That was game two. I'm talking game one. Uh, so. right. But then I was going to say, I did see him come in. Uh, even before he fouled out, I think they put shunt in for him. And then he brought him back in. Now, maybe, I don't remember, actually. But either way, yeah, JR did not play well. 
So, I mean, you'd think he has to get it back going when the series well, shifts back to Cleveland. Well, I put him. I put a segment in here to talk about winners and losers. I put him in losers, so we'll talk about a little bit how, why he lost. But the winners of both games so far, Steph Curry, uh, I'm not saying winners of the finals so thus far. They've had impact on the finals, not per game. Uh, Steph uh, Curry, Clay uh, Thompson, LBJ, and Mozgat are my picks. Yeah. I don't. I would hesitate to put Curry on the list at all. What? He had even game one. He didn't have his best game ever. Uh, you know, I made some sh- good sh- big shots here and there, I guess. Um, but for the MVP of the league, I mean, he he didn't put a performance on like that, and uh, they just barely won. And then game two, obviously, one of the worst finalist shooting performances of all time. His worst shooting game of the whole year. His worst game of of his career, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I don't think he even deserves to be on the winner's list so far. Uh, Clay Thompson, yes. I mean, he had a huge game for them, game two. Mm -hmm. They couldn't come up with a victory despite that. And a lot of people are saying Curry should have gave the ball up to him, which I'll probably agree with, because he was hitting everything when he had just any little amount of space. Luckily for the Cavs, he got into foul trouble early in the game. He was coming in hot. Uh, yeah, that definitely affected his uh, rhythm. It. Affected his rhythm sitting on the bench there. Yeah, oh. he was going after Delhi early. Um, so then Delhi switched over to Curry, and it went better for the Cavs. Uh, so yeah, I would uh, Mozgov. I agree with with that there. Um, now Blatt still decided not to play him again in the whole fourth quarter, basically yesterday. I don't agree with that. Or overtime. Yeah. I don't really either. I guess the rationale is. That he, uh, Golden State's going out at the end of the games with a small ball lineup, and he doesn't want Mozgov in there for that. But I mean, Mozgov was for at least the first half of that game, if not almost the first three quarters uh, of Game Two. Moz, and he had a pretty good Game One as well. But of that Game Two specifically, Mozgov was almost their entire offense. Uh, LeBron passing it down to Mozgov. He has one of the highest. No one was making any jump shots. So yeah, and he's. You know, he screwed up his free throw. He had a pretty bad game from the strike. Yeah, which is not usually usual for him at all. No, like he's usually, yeah, like something like that. Yeah. Between 75 and 80%. That yeah. took a dip yesterday. Got it going a little bit toward the, his last few. But, Do you think yeah. that will happen in Cleveland? Do you think he'll, he won't be playing if the game is tight like that? I mean, just, I mean, Black did this in the regular season a lot too, not playing him at the, in the fourth quarters. He had been playing a little more than the games in the playoffs to this point, but. Mm-hmm. I couldn't say. I mean, he, he might he might be. Uh, I mean, it depends how the game's going. If it's close, if it's not, I assume it's going to be for most of these. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Black keep keep it up. But with that subbing him out, um, and then who do we not? Go, oh, and then LeBron, of course, obviously deserves to be on the winners list. Yeah, yeah um, I would put. Well, if we're just talking game one. Well, let's talk yeah. about NBA Finals thus far. Yeah, so we so there's no one else I would put on the winners list right. from the finals. I would uh, say so too, right. except maybe Delhi, I guess. But um, in terms of winners from Game One, that's maybe turned into losers for Game Two. I mean, do you have a losers list here as well? I do. I do. All right. Uh, well, uh, let me speculate on who could be on this losers list, right. and I'll say first of all that they would be on the winners list. It was just Game One, and that's the Golden State's bench. Uh, they, Ooh, I honestly think they basically won the game for them overall. Like I said, Steph Curry didn't have an amazing game, game one. Neither did Clay Thompson. Neither did any of their starters, really. Uh, it was their bench. It was Mo Buckets. Did really well for them when he was in. Scored some big uh, clutch buckets. Mm-hmm. 
didn't uh, have the clutch in this game too. Maybe we'll talk about that. But right. Iguodala had a really big game, played a lot better than I was expecting, especially on LeBron. Um, when Sean Livingston was in, he did pretty well. So I think the bench carried them almost in game one offensively, especially a lot. Now game two came around, and I would definitely put Golden State's bench on the loser list. Um, and do you have them there? Well, I mean, maybe not because it's for the whole. I guess they shouldn't be if it's for the whole final so far. Well, no, I don't have them. That's a great point that you had to comment on it. I don't think um, it's not the blaming of the bench as more of the blaming of the rotations. The rotations are a little bit unusual from what they usually have. Uh, Mo buckets came back into it. Full game one, he made an impact. A couple open shots. Um, Sean Livingston has made an impact on certain things, but they haven't counted, like the tip back dunk. Um, and Barbosa has been pretty good, but he He's made like one or two clutch shots, right? In both games, actually, right. And uh, and the thing is, they are playing a lot more Iguodala um, towards the end of the game, guarding LeBron and stuff. So he's not really there for offense at all, but... In fact, he, I guess he thinks he's not there for offense either since he passed up the open look he would add to the basket, yeah. right, to Mo Buckets, yeah. Yeah. who promptly uh, threw down the hammer and the hammer went back in his face. So that's, that's one of the losers I have. I have Mo Buckets for that hammer, hammer-less dunk. The, I have... The uh, hammer fail. Uh, I have uh, Seth Curry being a loser for game two. Um, yeah. Uh, Kyrie Irving losing his kneecap, so that's another Too soon, he uh, Sorry, sorry, I had to put it out there. Uh, and um, Tristan uh, Thompson's free throws as being a loser because they went to the hack of Tris. And, uh, yeah, we already talked about Jared. I would say Tristan Thompson overall had his worst game of the entire playoffs in Game 2 despite their victory. He hasn't been a factor. He didn't show up yeah. too much in that game. Yeah. He still pulled down, like, 11 or so rebounds, so that's still there, but... Uh, so far in this Golden State series, I think it's two and points. And Draymond Green, not until the end of the game, was a factor. Um, he was also a loser last night. He he started playing well at the very end. He started putting, getting some putbacks and things going off glass. But yeah, he's been, I would say, obviously, I guess maybe you'd say Steph's the biggest disappointment from yesterday. But just overall going into it, mm-hmm. uh, two games so far, I would say Draymond Green's probably the biggest disappointment of someone you thought... That's really going to be a big factor in the series, and he really hasn't been too much. So, um, I, I, I think that does cover our split. Do have, did we miss any other losers at all that you mentioned here? Um, I know if, if uh, my dad was comment, commentating uh, right now, weighing in, he would say Jeff Van Gunny and uh, Mark Jackson. He's not a fan. Losers. Not a fan. My dad hates him. He's always texting our, our group family text where we... So you have a group about, okay. yeah. Me and my dad and my brothers, yeah, we have a, a group text. Is your mom ever involved on this test? She is not. Unfortunately. Uh, no. no, she does not have interest in, in the sport mm-hmm. of Babal, but uh, my dad is constantly harping on how much he hates Van Gundy and Jackson, so well, I mean, throw them on the loser list for him. It's Father's Day coming up soon. Yeah, happy early Father's Day to Padre's dad. Um, it's the pod. So I wanted to just finish off with a couple tidbits that were important that caught my eye. Um, after the game was over today, and I'm going to initiate this in a hire to fire segment. Last Ooh, minute, yes, this is hire to fire tidbits. <laughs> yes, it's going to be three topics to concern here, maybe two. I don't, I don't know if I, what I wrote here. This is going to be cra- what are crazier than our, our last hired and fired, which is hired and fired 
trending topics? Um, probably no, not. There's no probably not. There's yeah. nothing trending. Uh, hey, it's Monday after all. Yeah. We can't get too crazy. Uh, although, shout out to Kanye. Uh, happy birthday to Kanye West. Is his birthday today? His birthday today. Uh, so, June 8th? Yes, June 8th. So, hired or fired, uh, having a celebrity or a, a pretty artist uh, sit next to you at front row uh, named Rihanna... Um, now I don't know. That was you, very specific. Yeah, no. Hired and fired. Hired and fired. Rihanna sitting next to you at an NBA basketball game. If you're Joe Lakeup, um, which I'm going to explain the situation first. He unfortunately made that mistake of hiring uh, Rihanna to sit next to him, and Rihanna's rooting for LeBron the whole night. Um, so if you are a owner of a sports franchise, not knowing. What the the outcome will be, and hiring a celebrity uh, to sit next to you, and you know a pretty good looking one. In fact, what is your choice in this situation when you can maybe say any celebrity, Beyonce, anyone, but they will be rooting for the opposite team. So if the it was whole game. me, let's say, yeah. uh, well, obviously not an owner, but let's say I ma- magically get to go to game three two tickets tomorrow. Yeah. Courtside. Hey, Dan Gilbert calls me up. He's like, you know what, Padre? Padre, you did a good <laughs> you job. You deserve it. <laughs> Giving you two tickets. Right. Courtside. Right. right. Uh, and then I somehow am able to uh, bring her. Obviously, it wouldn't be Rihanna. She'd be rooting for the Cavs. But uh, who's like a famous Bay Area celebrity? Uh, um, can throw in the mix here. I don't. I can't. E40. <laughs> well, I, I, no. <laughs> uh, she 40. Let's say there was she. a hot. A hot. E40 has like a hot daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a, a rapper or something. Yeah. Named She40. Or just a publicist, maybe. I don't know. Uh, then, well, I, I doubt you'd be a celebrity with that. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and then I, I invited her to sit next to me. I will, uh, I'll fire that. Yeah. I don't, look, I can uh, hang out. If, if I'm already in this situation, I can get these people to hang out with me or whatever. I'll do that on off hours. I don't need that one, you know, right in my ear, right next to me. I'm going to be focusing on the game anyway, not, you know, chatting around with the person sitting next to me. It's not the regular season. It's the playoffs. the finals. The finals, baby. I will fire that scenario right now. You follow that scenario? I'm going to hire that scenario. If it was the Brooklyn, it was the Nets, your Nets in the finals instead. Yeah, I'm going to hire that scenario. Uh, and, say and, if, and then you could use Rihanna, I guess. Well, well she, she would be rooting for LeBron, maybe. Yeah, let's say, for example, so uh, or Beyonce, maybe. Say it was the Nets Cavs yeah. uh, Eastern Conference Finals next year. Hey, what happened? I, I always agree with the point that opposites attract. Paul Abdul actually told me that. Um, and with that being said, if there was opposite opinion and I wanted a little fireball session there during the game to get me a little riled up to root for you my team. You be drinking some shots of fireball? No, that has uh, like some poison in it now, chemical. Oh. It's been recalled. I don't know if you've got the memo on that. I did. In fact, even I, me and my friend dropped some shots yesterday watching the game. We we decided to go with the Jim Beam fire. <sighs> Similar. But so you saved your life. Poison. Good. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I, I'm glad to hear that you decided not to poison yourself with <laughs> with the fireball. Oh, I still will next time. Get a uh, free shot of fireball. Oh, anytime. Yeah. So I would say I would enjoy that. That atmosphere, that little animosity, a little, little uh, back and forth, uh, French Open style across the net there. So, uh, shout out to Serena Williams too, winning. Just wanted to put that out there. So, what? Why would? Why would you not agree with that point though? I don't. I don't. I don't get it. You, you I just said. I told you. I just told you. I know, but like, 
it's, nothing's going to change. There's always going to be fans that will be ruining. But your, this is my, uh, you know, my partner right next to me. I made the, the conscious choice to invite her. Uh, I don't need that. I won't mm-hmm. do it. If look, if I just show up, maybe Dan Gilbert calls me up. Sorry, Pudge, you're only one ticket for you. I go to the game. I just happen to be saying <laughs> she forty, yeah, whoever is against. Yeah. Then it's fine. It's what happens. Maybe start a little friendly rivalry. Mm-hmm. What you you deal with the as play it as it lies. But if I'm, you know, the one who's actively bringing this person in, no, I won't do it. Okay. I won't invoke. All right. So so I, I well I guess we'll agree to disagree on that. Another hired. That's fi- how hired fire is supposed to work. Yeah. We take descending as yeah. hired fired. Replays done by fans. Replays done by fans. What's this in reference to? You know? So, as you saw that again, I'm sure you're very irate that there's a lot of hacking and no calling on LeBron James that were yeah. justified, even by the TV announcers themselves. They pointed it out, right? Uh, an arm bar by Iguodala at the end. And there is an Iguodala handprint uh, official TM. Literally stamped across LeBron's bicep. That yeah, I think he, he won. Um, had a little AI like indented into <laughs> so it. So clearly that should have been called. And also uh, Draymond Green uh, slapped to the face. Uh, that was called a as a non-flagrant foul, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're having these replays done. We only saw a couple situations. I got to thinking, what happens if the fans had the opportunity to do it? As they do in golf, where they can call up. And report. Can um, they do this? I don't know about this. Yeah, so in golf, you, if, if a fan spectator's watching, there's a number you can call and, and basically to inform the PGA that this guy is doing something shady or whatever. While like Darren Wallace. From the couch of their, of, you know, from their HGTV. So they could just do it. I feel like the speed of the game of golf it allows for that particular situation a little more. Uh, whereas, and I guess they're looking for cheaters or something like that. They're looking for, they're making sure all eyes are watching the whole situation. So if you were a fan, as you you still are, uh, last night and you saw LeBron getting hacked and you had the opportunity to just send a text or tweet or something like that specifically, that would have an impact on a red flag uh, being shown to the referees do you think that's a good idea, or so they're instituting red flags in basketball too? Yeah, yeah red flags too. Uh, so, if, well, I guess what's to stop, uh, you know, what's to stop me from calling in and maybe uh, look, I want my Cavs to win. Maybe I just call the refs and, and say, "Oh, look, Steph Curry stepped out of bounds there. You gotta give the Cavs the ball." But maybe he didn't. But I'm saying that because I'm trying to. You know, you could cheat the other way. So you're, stop I don't think you. Versa. I don't think you would do that, though, Padre. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm just using myself as an example. I know you. I would never. I know you're a man of problem. integrity. So. Uh, but anyone. But that's the point. So you think that could, you think the power abuse? So I will also fire this idea. Okay. I think it, I think it should be hired at least to the point where it's broadcast on the on the television, so that way the fans could feel like they relate to the rest of the world that are watching, and it's not them. It's going crazy. Did you not see that foul to the next bar patron, right? Where you're like, hey, man, what the hell? You saw that foul. That was a foul. Totally a foul. And then the guy next to you say, yeah, that was a foul. And that's the end of the conversation, right? I guess because I do have that such that integrity that you just brought up. Mm-hmm. And thank you for saying it, uh, saying so. 
I think maybe we forget the whole fan element. Just one fan needs this ability. And just one. Me. One nominated fan. Padre. Yeah. should uh, have this ability. Let me call in or text in and I'll, I'll say, no, that was a foul. We should probably make a kick, so Kickstarter to get that movement going. I mean, you, you just basically be like the Buffalo Bills commercial, a Buffalo and Wild. Why this commercial. Kickstarter? Just start kicking Adam Silver until he makes it a decree. He is Skeletor, and all that be possible. Yeah, it's going to be hard. I yeah. mean, you're going to have to be a, give him a real direct shot. He's a thin guy. All right, last hour fire that we're going to leave on this episode. Um, right. There was a beautiful performance of the national anthem done by a young girl on Monday, on Thursday night. I didn't see the opening for for Sunday night. Who sang? Carlos Santana was playing guitar and. Uh, some piano woman was singing. I don't know who she was. Okay, so they went to like some not virtu- a young girl. some virtual unknown uh, who was really, really, I think, really mm-hmm. did a great job to Carlos Santana, who's a legendary guitarist and some random unknown. Now Cleveland is going to have Rascal Flatts and Ursher, uh, game three and game four. Okay, I was going to say combined. That's no, not interesting. No. So hiring a fired uh, popular singers. Uh, singing the national anthem versus children. Which one you can either hire one of them, and you, which one do you fire, or then fire the other one? Do you hire the? Oh, the, I'm gonna hire the, the child in this case. Okay. Yeah, give us a, a cute kid or something. Okay. Uh, or even if they don't do a great job, whatever. It's a kid. Uh-huh. It's the national anthem. They're not gonna go crazy and do like a, a five minute rendition, dragging everything out. And maybe they're really good. I don't need. I don't care about no Rascal Flats, Usher, Carlos Santana. Uh, any basically anyone the NBA Finals is going to get uh, you know if it was a good band that I liked or a good artist uh, maybe fine but I know that who would happen. you recommend as a good band that you would like to see would you see, like to see the Black Keys perform at I guess I mean no I don't even I'll take that back even. I don't want to see any famous uh, musicians right. yeah, give me the unknowns so the you're hiring the kids alright I'm going to fire the kids I got love for these kids you know I'm gonna fire the kids. We already see enough kids cheering and their uh, with their dad, their grandpas holding them, getting kissed, and Riley Curry. We see, already see enough children uh, coming up in the beginning of the games and high fiving all these players. You are a regular Brian Windhorst over here. I, I'm gonna them. fire these kids because they they are in, they are the future. I get that. I get that that fact. But I believe that enough. Yeah, yeah. Teach them well. Show them the way. Whatever. But. When it comes down to it, we need a professional singing these national anthems like Usher, Raymond. Also, but, but Usher's not like a, I, you know, uh, he's not he's an R and B singer or whatever. He sings songs for, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to quote the um, the great comedian Howard Kramer here. He's a comedian I like. Yep. Uh, he has a thing about R and B music is for like ladies in the office to get down to that's who that's for right Uh, that's Usher's game right there he doesn't need to be out singing the national anthem so you're saying I don't need it I don't don't need it so you don't you don't see the 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 ability of Usher bringing up uh, every woman's good mood into the stadium and having them feel warm and accepted to this male dominated culture that is basketball um yes Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, well, Rascal Flatts, I don't know nothing about, but I would rather... They're like a country outfit, I believe. Uh, they... Well, I, I, know, I know they're a band, I know they're popular, but I don't, I don't, I'm not... Yeah, I don't need that either. I don't need, I don't need you out on the banjo or whatever you're playing on there, Rascal Flatts, singing the old national anthem. So in soccer, they have kids 
you know, line up yeah, yeah, with and stuff, with whatever. The, the players. I would like to see, maybe not firing the kids completely, but like to see the kids come out. Just in a different uh, aspect of the pregame. Or sure, and, and that girl um, perform together, you do know. Do Do what? Yeah, do it. That's about four. I mean, this is just getting, I know it's the finals, whatever, pageantry. It's too much, too complicated for the old national anthem. Just saying it, mm-hmm. you know, tip your, take your hat off, put your hand on your chest. Salute the troops, whatever you want to do, and then yep. let's get the game going. All right, I don't need a, a whole concert. It's the finals. I want to watch my Cavs play. I don't Speaking of which, you got you got what? How many more hours? You got five plus twenty four, twenty nine more hours till tip off of Game Three in Cleveland. You know what, Padnam? I'm just gonna go line up, go sit next to you know sit next to the TV right now and wait for it. I can't, can't, can't talk anymore. I'm okay. Excited. All right. Just go sit. I'm Before sorry. you do that, do you have any plugs? You know what? The only plug I have is these two plugs I'm going to put in my ear so nothing gets in. I don't want to hear anything till post-National Anthem, All right. three. You're going, you're, you're going off the radar. Off the radar. There he goes. There goes Pod Drew. All right, that'll do it for this podcast. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, Brooklyn Rebound, you know the tag. Um, also, rate us on iTunes. Check out Mr. Irrelevant. Uh, we got a Game of Thrones recap coming up on the Brooklyn Rebound uh Audio format will we'll not be in video. And we got maybe a surprise for you later in the week. We'll see. Uh, that'll do it again. Good day, Brooklyn. Good day, Manhattan. Let's go, Nets, Cavs, Warriors. Rebound. 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 Rebound.